Good morning. Welcome to Psachim Daf Ches Page Eight. In last yesterday's Daf, we said that you're not allowed to light. You're not allowed to check the chametz by the light of the sun. The question is, what are we talking about? If we're talking about where you're out in your backyard or in the courtyard, out completely outside, but we have a halacha that you don't even have to check outside because we assume that the ravens or the animals come along and would eat the food. Rather, what we must be talking about, we must be talking about a pavilion, and you have the sun coming from the outside. But we actually have another statement that says that the light of the sun is good enough with a pavilion because there are no walls blocking the sun. So we end up concluding that it's referring to, if let's say for whatever reason you didn't check at night, you have to check during the morning, and you have a skylight on your roof, so directly under the skylight where the direct sunlight is there, you could use that to check. But anything which is off to the sides, indirect sunlight, is not actually good enough. The Gemara then said, oh, we had said yesterday that you can't use a torch. How could you say you can't use a torch? We have psukim, which prove that actually the light of the torch is stronger than the light of the candle. And in fact, Rava says it's preferable to use a torch for the mitzvah of Havdalah. So why is it not good over here? So we have a number, a number of answers. Either because it's true a torch is stronger, but it's hard to bring it into the nooks and crannies where you're obligated to check, or because a torch you light for people who are walking behind you to see where you're going, but you don't actually put it in front of you to light the way the path in front of you, or because a torch you're always afraid of, and if you're afraid of the torch, you're not going to actually check it well, or because a regular candle, even though it's smaller, it's not as strong, but it's actually more constant, whereas the light of the torch, it flickers, so therefore it's actually considered inferior for chametz checking purposes. Okay, the Gemara goes on and says that in various places where you don't actually check, where you don't leave chametz, you don't have to actually check. Some examples of this are, if let's say you have a hole, which is either high or low, or let's say you have under a bed, which if it's against the wall, maybe you don't put chametz there, but if it's being mafsik, if it's dividing two parts of the room and there's a lot of space underneath, then you might leave there chametz there and then you have to check. But then the Gemara quotes a b'risa, which is exactly opposite, that with the holes, you actually do have to check, and with the space under the bed, you don't have to check. So how do we resolve this? So we say, when it comes to the holes, it depends. If the holes are very high or very low so that you wouldn't actually put chametz there, then we don't have to worry about it. But if the holes are in the middle, are like equal with your body, then we actually do have to worry about chametz there. And when it comes to the bed, it depends. If there's nothing under the bed, and the bed is high up, and there's just a nice storage area underneath, then we're worried about it. But if it's filled with things, and it's not so high up, then you don't actually have to be worried about it. Okay, then we go on and we say that uh, when it comes to storehouses of wine, it depends. If they're, you know far away from the house and they're not used during the meal, then you don't have to worry about them. But if they're used during the meal, then we have to be worried that maybe the attendant will be sent to get out more wine in the middle and might have a loaf of bread with him and drop it there. Whereas storehouses of oil, you know how much oil you need in the beginning of the meal and you bring it and no one says, hey, let's bring another barrel of oil in the middle of the meal. Therefore, we're not actually uh, worried about it. Uh, When it comes to things like... um, Fish, it depends if they're small or they're big. If they're big, you've certainly brought them out before. But if they're small fish, you might actually go and get more, and therefore it's a problem for chametz. The Gemara says that you're not actually obligated to put your hands deep into the crevices in order to get the chametz, in order to search for chametz, because maybe it's a sakana, maybe it's a danger. The Gemara says, what danger are we talking about? If we're talking about that there might be a scorpion there that will, that will bite you, uh, but we actually have a statement that says that shluchi mitzvah, that people who are in the middle of performing a mitzvah are not going to get harmed. So the Gemara says, you know what the case is? We're worried that once you've checked to get your chametz, you might then go back and say, oh yeah, you know what? I lost a needle. Maybe I lost it back there. And when you're actually looking for the needle, at that point, you're not actually doing the mitzvah and therefore you might get harmed. So the Gemara actually in this context compares it to somebody, let's say you're doing two things at the same time. Like for instance, let's say you say, I'm going to give tzedakah, but only in order for my son to be saved. 
um, is this okay? And we actually say that you're considered a tzadigamer, completely righteous. So we actually see that if you're doing the, the mitzvah and the other goal at the same time, it's actually okay. The only problem was that you were checking first for the chametz and then, then only afterwards going in and getting the needle by itself. All right, the Gemara goes on and says, another interpretation of the Sakana of putting your hand is that the non-Jews are going to think that you're doing some kishif, some kind of black magic there, and you're going to get hurt from the non-Jews. But we say that uh, the reason why shluchei mitzvah and izakim, the idea that if you're doing a mitzvah, you're not going to get harmed, doesn't apply, is because in that case, it's very common that you're going to get hurt from that. The only time that we say that doing a mitzvah will save you is if it's a far-out concern of safety. But if it's a very obvious concern of safety, the fact that you happen to be doing a mitzvah is not going to save you at all. The Gemara goes on and gives other examples that let's say you're going late or very early to the yeshiva to learn, even if it's very dark outside and dangerous, you'll be okay because you're going to be protected because you're actually performing the mitzvah. Also, we talk about being Ola Regal, both on the way there to Yerushalayim and also on the way back, you actually are not going to be uh, harmed. The Gemara goes on and says something very interesting, that why do we say that the fruits of Genosar, these delicious fruits aren't growing in Yerushalayim. And also the Chamei Tferia, the, the hot springs of Tfer aren't in Jerusalem because we're worried that people would say, oh, when I went up to Jerusalem to, to be Ola Regal, it would have been enough just for that delicious food or for the, deli- or the wonderful bath. And that would take away from the actual performance of the mitzvah. At the end of the daf, the Gemara just talks about the Machlok between Shammai and Hillel, how many, um, how many um, rows of the martif, of the, uh, of the wine cellar, do you have to check? And there are different permutations of the, the outer ones, the upper ones, and Shammai and Hillel. And within Shammai and Hillel, there are different debates about exactly how much you have to check. This concludes that, today's daf. See you tomorrow for daf tests.